so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Coming up later, I'm so into you keeping a car longer and longer and longer. Why is that so important to me? I want to tell you why. But right now, I want to talk about something so many millions of Americans do by rote. They're members of Amazon Prime paying $119 a year to be able to have one to two day delivery of items at no minimum, to have occasionally access to items that are for Prime members only, to have access to Prime Instant Video, to have access to Amazon's No Frills, not the Full Frills, the No Frills Music Service. There are a lot of different things that Amazon uses to keep us connected to it. I'm a funny situation in that I pay the 119 a year for Amazon because there are a series of shows that my family loves to watch that are only on the Prime Instant Video service. So I look at it as like a $10 a month video subscription. We order very few items from Amazon Prime. And so in my case, when nobody's really interested in those prime video shows anymore, we're done because there's nothing else that would hold us there. But everybody's situation is a little different. So at Clark.com, we put together a quiz that'll take you, oh, probably about three minutes to fill out where you ask yourself 13 questions. And so you can just go down the questions really quickly on the Amazon Prime quiz and you just circle your choices on the 13. This actually isn't going to take even as long as I said. And then you add up the points you come up with based on the answers. And we've got a a scale that if you scale above 75 points on this quiz, then yeah, it's worth it for you to spend 120 a year. But if you fall below that, then this is really money you're throwing down the tubes. Another thing with Amazon, two other things. You, even as a non-Prime member, you hit a minimum order bucket just like you do with Walmart. And you don't have to worry about being a Prime member. You're still going to get free shipping. It's not going to be one or two days, but you'll get free shipping. And so I think that's really important for you to think about that you don't necessarily have to have the prime membership in order to get free shipping. It would just, Amazon would become more like a lot of other retailers that you shop at online. But the other key factor, most of the time, Amazon's not cheap anymore. It's about convenience. So if you're about the lowest price, Amazon ain't it most of the time. Matt is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Matt. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Matt. How can I be of service to you? Well, I had a question about our company offers 401k program, a Roth and traditional 401k, and or, or you can do a combination. And we have employees who have asked me, what should they do? And, and we have employees in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and... I'm 
reluctant to give the advice, partly because I'm not positive based on, I'm not sure what tax bracket they're in and, and sure. what should be recommended or, or what resource should I go to find. And so I thought I would start with you. All right. So as a general rule, the younger someone is, the more they will benefit over time by doing a Roth 401k instead of a traditional 401k. So the people who are coming to you saying, what in the world do I do? If they're in their 20s and 30s, normally they're not ultra high on the income scale, unless these are people who work in the computer field that are making big, big money at a young age. They benefit mightily from doing the Roth 401k because the tax deduction they would get doing the traditional is not valuable enough to overcome the fact that all the money they have in their account and everything it might earn over the next 30 to 40 years will be taxed. So by giving up the upfront benefit tax-wise of the traditional, every dollar they put in grows tax-free and then is spent tax-free by them down the road. So does that imply that 20s and 30s do more of the Roth when you're in your 40s do... 40s, 40s is kind of on the bubble. Because okay, people in their 40s tend to be higher up on the pay scale, not always, but often, and there's not that many years ahead of them for the advantages of the Roth growing as a big tax-free pile to be a benefit. So often, you mentioned that you have a third option of doing part traditional, part Roth. Yeah. There's advantages yeah. in retirement to having money in a pre-tax pile and in a post-tax file pile. So often in somebody's 40s, it's good to have both. Okay. Unless somebody has saved heavily in their 20s and 30s in a traditional, then there'd be an advantage in their 40s now that there are so many more employers offering the Roth 401k to go Roth, and that way in retirement, again, they have the flexibility of both pre-tax money and post-tax money. Okay. In the and 50s... Yeah. If somebody is a higher income earner in their 50s, they would likely be better off getting the current tax deduction so that they can put in a higher percent of their pay into the 401k. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And if someone's, even if somebody's in their 50s, they're not earning a lot, they would be better off considering doing the Roth 401k because tax brackets have everything to do with it. Somebody who's a moderate or low-income earner, regardless of age, benefits from doing the Roth. Someone who's a high-income earner, as they get older, they definitely are going to lean towards doing the traditional 401k. Mike is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Mike. Hey, it's off the day to a young man. Well, great to talk with you. How can I serve you today, Mike? Well, I've been reading your columns and your articles for many years, and um, i got a 24-year-old grandson that's taken a couple of tests, and it seems to be some kind of bogus. They say they're free, and by the time you get finished with it, they're walking a couple hundred dollars. Tests for what? Well, my question was, where can I steer my 24-year-old grandson to find a test that would help him find the best suited career choice for him? Oh, that's a great question. So uh, tell me 
what your 24-year-old grandson did after high school. Well, he went to college, and he really didn't, he floundered around, so he quit college and came home. And How long did he attend college? About two years. Okay, so the college he attended, even though he did not graduate from the college, normally will offer former students free career assessment and counseling. Even though he didn't graduate? Even though he didn't graduate. And the reason they do that at most colleges is they want to make a connection to your grandson, and if they end up being good help to him when the college needs to raise some money, somebody's more likely to donate to the school when they've gotten help after they attended the school or graduated from it. So it would be unusual that a school would not want to help someone who's a former student, even who left short a degree. That would be my first place I'd suggest. But if the college he went to doesn't have a good career counseling center or they only work with graduates, there's a website that I like called assessment.com. It's a freemium business model where they have from completely free um, career testing to where you pay a lot of money for a variety of things they do for you. But absolutely, I would think taking the free one would be a good start for your grandson. And what's the name again, please? Assessment.com. Okay. And so I, I would like him first, though, to reach back to that college he attended, call the career center there, and find out what services are available to him there, because that would be my first favorite choice. Wonderful. Wonderful. I appreciate that. All right. Well, best to him and your good granddad looking out for your grandson. Robert is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Robert. Hi, Clark. How are you? Captain Howard. Captain is correct. Okay. I've never never been promoted. All right. Well, I'm calling with regards to the minimum required distributions. I've reached my my middle age, so I'm having to deal with that. So you were 70.5 years old, huh? Well, a little bit more. Okay. I I figure that's about the middle, since I don't know where the other end is. (laughs) Okay. So RMDs, for people who are not aware, is this cruel curse that the federal government came up with where when you reach 70 and a half, you're required to make distributions from 401k plans, IRAs, whatever, based on your remaining life expectancy. And how many different accounts do you have money in that would qualify as money you have to take RMDs from? Three, but I I generally take it only from one account. Okay. uh, and taking it a little bit from each. All right. And of those three, how heavily are they in stock type choices? About 30%. Okay, that's probably in the neighborhood of where you should be because you got to worry about inflation over right. the long haul. So if you're 70% non-stock, I wouldn't want you to do anything special with the stock. 
I would be doing my RMD from my non-stock part of those plans. Okay. Well, the question is what to do with it. Once you pull it out? Yeah. So you don't need it to live on. Right. Is it money that you'll eventually want family to inherit? Either that or, you know, buy an airplane or, you know, something, or an island. Something, or... something really useful. Right. Well, if it's money you don't need and there's something you'd like to do to really treat yourself, go ahead and do it. Or if you have adult children that you'd like to help out, you're allowed to give an adult child up to $15,000 in a year without any gift tax implications at all. Per person. Yep. So, I mean, if, if you don't want to give it away to family or charity or you don't want to do something fun for yourself and you don't need the money, this is going to sound weird, I would put it into an investment account and I would buy a like a total stock market index fund or something like that with it that would be ultimately a great inheritance asset for somebody to get way down the road. But let's hope that that's way, way down the road. Diane is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Diane. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Hey, I just have a really super quick question for you. Sure. I've been listening to you talk about the Chromebook for online banking, and I want to do that, but how do I delete the sites off my computer? Do I just delete them, or do I need to do more? Yeah, I mean, you can delete the sites and then go clear out your browser history. Okay. And someone who does tech every day would say, that's not enough, that's not enough. We can't prevent every last possibility So you take the necessary precautions. It's like you get in your car and you lock the door and you put on a seatbelt. It doesn't mean you're not going to be in an accident. But if you do those steps with your legacy computer, with any financial stuff you've done on it, that is, to me, the necessary steps you should follow and you should be A-OK. And the whole Chromebook thing, have you ever used one? No. You are going to love being on a Chromebook. In fact, you're going to love it so much for the financial stuff that you're going to end up at some point buying a Chromebook for your everyday stuff. Okay. Because the machines, you pop them open, and you're on the Internet typically in four seconds. There's no boot up. There's nothing like that. There's no weird messages you get. And all they do is surf. And if you travel with one... They tend to have somewhere around 9 to 11 hours of battery life. Okay, well, that's helpful. And they're so cheap. Yeah, no, I know. I've been looking around going, well, I could afford that easily. So uh, thanks for the tip on that. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And I hope you have a great day. You too. Thanks so much. Thanks. And Joel, we have time for some Ask Clarks here. Maybe one or two. Sure, Clark. Yeah, Mary Beth wrote in and says, is it safe to use the opt-out service that's listed on your credit card offer? The letter states that you can choose to stop receiving pre-screened offers of credit by calling a number. Is that safe? Opt-out pre-screen is the real deal. Opt-outprescreen.com. You don't have to wait for a solicitation to come to you. You can go to opt-outprescreen.com then freak out about the fact that you have to give your social security number, but you have to because the way the credit bureaus uh, track you, build the dossier on you, slice you, dice you, sell you over and over again to people who want your information is they do it 
with your social security number being at the center of that. So just click to opt out. And the funniest thing, it's like these people with credit bureaus who actually have no sense of humor at all. They must think they have one. You can opt in to additional offers. Just remember, you want to click to opt out of all of them. All right, Clark. Ricardo says, I've had several packages delivered by the post office, marked delivered, but the package doesn't show up till the next day. In all cases, packages were marked to meet the promised delivery date, but not actually delivered. Have you heard of this happening? Oh, yes, I have. And um, I don't know exactly if it's pressure it's being applied to postal workers or what the reason is, but you can't believe the postal service system that says something has been delivered. We're going to talk about one of my obsessions here on the Clark Howard Show, and I'd like to welcome you to where we're all about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. We're talking about you ripping yourself off. We as Americans put ourselves into a trap, and we do it with what we buy that we then have to borrow money for. Top of the list the vehicle we drive. It has become accepted by so many people that you want to have a car note. Want to have a car note? Why does anybody want to have to write a check every month for a vehicle loan? Now, it's funny. I'm surrounded by people on our Clark crew who don't have vehicle loans. Because we're like-minded. You know, we do what we do for that reason. Producer Joel buys very used vehicles to never have a loan. And I'm curious, when's the last time you have had a vehicle with a loan? All right, so the last time I had a vehicle with a loan was actually the only time I've ever bought a new car and the only time I ever will buy a new car, which was when I got my Nissan Leaf. And the reason I bought it new was because of the uh, the tax incentives, federal and state, that essentially made the price made the car half price of what it normally would be, and I was also uh, able to get a zero percent loan for that car. So I took that, um, but other than that, never had a car loan and never will have one again. And Kim, you are someone who uh, cars have never been been something you cared about. No. And the whole process of getting a vehicle you dread. True. And you, at one point in our journey together, <laughs> you made some vehicle purchasing decisions that were, well, not the most brilliant. That's very nice of you to say. They were borderline insane. Yeah. And so you ended up buying a vehicle completely without shopping around or doing any I research at all. I got dropped all. off at the car dealership when I was like 28 years old because I got so excited. I finally understood that I had good credit and somebody was offering 0% financing it and I needed to go out of town that weekend. So I had my roommate at the time drop me off at the car dealership and then I found out that car dealership only sold PT cruisers and pickup trucks and I couldn't afford a PT cruiser. So I drove a pickup truck for 10 years. At least you drove it for 10 years. So well, yeah, I didn't want to paying make off it the worse. loan after five years. I did. So five year loan, 0%. Yeah. And then you drove five years, no payment. Yep. And then that truck was ready to be left by the side of the road. Literally. And so you bought another vehicle. And is that one 
paid off now or are you still carrying a name? That one has been paid off for a very long time. It's the one that uh, Sean drives it now. That was the Yaris. And I just recently last year uh, bought my first car with all cash. So that's the car that I'm driving now. And so we all have learned in different ways (laughs) that we don't want to make payments. Truth. Because the difference it makes in your overall financial picture is gigantic. Most people buy a vehicle thinking about, well, I can afford that payment every month. And so the thing about what their take home is, and oh yeah, so if that's $417 a month, I can do that or whatever the number is. But what you're not thinking about is what that $417 a month could do for you otherwise in extinguishing other debt you might have, building up savings, putting money aside for kids schooling, putting money aside for your own retirement. So I want you to think of the fact that vehicles are so reliable now. I told you recently that the average age of a vehicle on the road is the longest it's ever been. And don't think of wheels as lifestyle. Think of them as just transportation, and you want it to be as affordable as it can be. Mike is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Mike. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Mike. You want to talk to me about something that is an upsetting topic for so many people, and that is student loans. Yes, parent plus loans. So carrying an interest rate of 6.8%, 7.5%, somewhere in there? Uh, I'm, I think with mine, I think I'm in the low sixes, right around 6% to six and a quarter, somewhere in that vicinity. But I've got about $50,000 that I still have out for both of my daughters. Uh, so they're both graduated and and doing their careers now, but uh, like a lot of people, I didn't put enough money back uh, for them for college, so we're stuck with the dreaded uh, Parent PLUS loan. All right, so I'm going to step right into the thick of it in your family dynamic. Okay. Your daughters, are they both doing well in their careers? Uh, One graduated PA school and is now practicing neurosurgery, and the other works for an airline and is in the process of testing and trying to get into the State Department. Okay, because I, I know this sounds crazy and it may not be a, a path you've thought of, but you sacrificed and put yourself on the line for these loans for your daughters that have created the careers they're in. Mm-hmm. And I see it at least as a shared responsibility to pay them off legally Mm -hmm. it's your responsibility but as a practical matter i think it's reasonable for you to ask your daughters to take on at least a portion of the payback on these fifty thousand dollars in loans Mm -hmm. and and i plan on doing that whenever they they had some small well the the one that's gone through pa school of course she being the medical thing she probably has around a hundred and fifty thousand dollars in student loans herself that, oh my that, goodness oh yeah yeah it's not cheap to get through uh, pa getting through pa school but, but her uh, earning power is going to be very good going forward oh yeah yeah it, it will be for the future she's in her first year of practicing so so as she goes it should get a lot better as she goes um, what I was really calling about was, is there any places or 
I, I see a lot of these places that do student loan refinancing to lower rates, but I don't know if any of them do Parent PLUS loans. And that's what I was kind of wanting to check into. Well, it depends on the lender, and generally they will do Parent PLUS loans. The question is how much lower they'll be. That's why I was asking where you're at and mm-hmm. your overall indebtedness and your credit score determines if you're going to be able to create enough headroom between a parent plus at around 6% and what you can refi with Credible. Have you checked out them, C-R-E-D-I-B-L-E? No, I have not. Uh, Credible and SoFi? And SoFi. Yeah, and... Well, I can tell you my credit score, I just I just got a notification from credit karma the other day and i checked it and it was like 740 so 740 puts you right on the margin of where they look at you as a very extremely low risk borrower Mm -hmm. so it's a it's a very good credit score and it puts you not quite into the elite category but it's a very good score are they typically quite a bit lower than the the company that would be servicing the, the loan now. Well, that's why that's why you go shop with both of them. Okay, and and, and so if they can beat it by generally, I like for you to make a move when you can lower it one interest rate point. Right. So if right. you could go from six whatever down to five whatever, right. and you got a, a full point of change, then that's a substantial enough difference. And what you'd be paying and is worth making happen. Yeah, it's a little bit of a taxing payment with the two of them combined every month. My payments are about $720 a month. So, And I've got that for about five five years on one and six on the other. So, Yeah, that's pretty awful. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's cool. why I have this, you know where I jumped right into the thing about you and your daughters and what they should be doing? Mm-hmm. That comes from all the years I've talked to parents who feel like that's not something that they would expect their kids to do. But I think you basically took on the risk of helping them get the skills and degrees that have led to their careers. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's perfectly reasonable if it's causing too much strain on you to have the conversation with both of them. Sure. But that's that's, that's your choice and your option. Right. Okay. But give those two a try and see if you can get a rate that's lower enough that it's like, yeah, this makes sense. I'm going to do this. Chuck is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Chuck. Good afternoon, Clark. Chuck, you want to do something that is actually very popular with millennials and with people who are retirees. What is that? Travel, in other words, throughout the United States. But we want to sell our house and buy our motor home. And our question is, well, we're going to uh, reside in the motor home, and what do we do for a permanent address? Montana. There are specific advantages tax-wise that people who have no permanent address but are living in a motor home register the motor home in the state of montana and that becomes your official state of residence that's been something that has been a common practice among retirees in fact i bet 
I haven't done it, but if you use Google or whatever search engine and you asked about, you did a search, register motorhome Montana, something like that, there would be all kinds of explanations about why the tax benefits are so much better in Montana. So that's why you want to tag it or plate it, whichever it's called in the part of the country you live in, Chuck, in the state of Montana. And how, are you going to spend any number of months in any one place, as best you can tell? No, um, we're just going to get in it and go. Uh, we'll probably like go to Utah and do the five state parks. That's probably going to probably take about a month, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's going to take a little while. I mean, stay down there, stay there for a while. Just move on. Just you know, just go to different places. But now, what do we do for like a? Uh, would we have a, a post office box? Or no, how do we get- no. In fact, there are so many people doing what you're looking at doing that there are now a bunch of companies that all they do is receive your mail for you. And depending on who you use, and I would read reviews on the various services, but depending on who you use, you tend to pay typically 10 to $50 a month for someone to receive your mail for you. And it depends on the service you use and how many services you want from them, where you are on that fee schedule, the ones that are more like 50 a month, not only open your mail, scan it, and email it to you, but they also automatically do your deposits for you if you have checks come in. Okay. Well, we get a lot of our stuff by um, electronic mail, so it's... But you, you will get physical mail that you need somebody to receive. I mean, if you have a relative that you really trust and are close to or a really good friend that you know you could trust with 100% confidence, you could have their address as your address of record for mail, for physical mail, and then they could do that same thing for you. There are, there are these free programs you can use that they could scan the relative pa- relevant pages of mail they think you need to see. And like as an example, I have an app on my phone called i think it's called fast scan i want to look at this that is free to use and you can scan in mail yeah fast scan and see so you you open the physical mail you scan the page you need to send and then it just comes as an email really really easy and simple scanning with the phone okay but by the way while we're talking i did that thing i went and, and searched register Motorhome, Montana, and I got, let's see, I got 111,000 results. So it's a very, very common thing that people do. Okay. And uh, obviously they're doing it for the tax reasons. And I, I hope you really love your time on the road. Oh, and, yeah. This is something my wife and I have uh, been talking about. And um, Oh, by the way, when you get to Utah, do not overlook my favorite national park in utah capitol reef national park okay it's the most overlooked of the ones in utah and most people go to bryce and zion and maybe arches or whatever go to capitol reef i promise you'll love it this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance hey listeners whether you love true crime or comedies celebrity interviews news or even motivational speakers you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue right and guess what 
Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com. And then you get the unique privilege of having producer Joel ask your question for you. All right, Clark. Sona wants to know, why don't you recommend certificates of deposit as a safe place for people to stow some money that they won't need right away? I personally am afraid of the stock market, and I put my money in CDs. Well, CDs are a great place to park money. Lately, I've not recommended them because the online savings accounts have generally been a better choice than CDs. That actually is starting to potentially change, and you want to compare the online savings accounts to CDs. But the reason I call it a parking space is money you put in a CD, money you put in a savings account, will not out-earn inflation. And I, for one, don't fear the stock market. If you do, I have to respect that and just know that you're going to have to save more money than you might have expected to. Otherwise, doing CDs instead of doing any investing. One thing I would also tell you, please shop CDs at Renewal. Shop online. Find the best deals out there on CDs because if you just go to one bank or one credit union and buy CDs from that bank or credit union, you're missing what may be a much better deal available somewhere else. All right. And Hertha wants to know, what's a good number of credit cards that I should have? Minimum two major credit cards. And depending on your patterns of use, how much available credit you have, you may want three or four. You get past three or four and it's overkill with credit cards. And you don't want them all with the same issuer, like a bank that might issue multiple different cards. If you have all your cards with one bank and they decide they don't like you anymore, you could go from as many cards as you have to none right away. So I like for you to mix it up, have a Discover, American Express, Visa, MasterCard, have them from different people, and you want to have enough available credit that you're going to use a very small amount of that credit each month, never more than 30% of your overall available credit on cards. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.